Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beal, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years. I'm Ellie Blue. I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon and Cleveland, Ohio. We have over 700 books, over 25 employees, and we make about 40 new books every year. And we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers. We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes. Or maybe you just want to understand the publishing industry. This week, we are going to address some very good news in the book publishing industry. So, you know that... That's the end of the episode. (laughs) There is none! (laughs) Just kidding. So, you know that viral tweet that was going around that was saying, like, it was from, like taking something that was said at the PRH merger trial and saying, like, half the books published by PRH every year sell fewer than 12 copies. And it was, like, pulled from somebody's alleged testimony, but, like, maybe a little distorted. Like, even the tweeter was kind of unsure if that was what it was actually being said. But that didn't stop that tweet from going viral and being quoted back to us and basically entering the canon as publishing gospel, even though it's wrong. And lots, yeah, lots of people were like, oh, okay, well, this is true, and this is why it's true, and I can't believe this is true, rather than being like, is this true? Could this possibly be true? And then we ran into, or I'm sorry, we didn't run into, Ellie forwarded me a great newsletter on Substack about this exact matter. If you go to countercraft.substack.com, you can find a newsletter titled, No, Most Books Don't Sell Only a Dozen. And they took a kind of a different approach of sort of breaking down the rudiments of what, you know, questions like what is a book, what is a format, what is a sale, what is a year, you know, and really unpacking it that way to say, like, a book could have six formats, and if one of those formats isn't sold in a charting (laughs) format recorded by Decision Key, then is it a sale? (laughs) You know, if a library buys one license for $100,000, is that one sale? But it's actually zero sales because it wouldn't record at all. If someone makes a, like, print-on-demand or digital edition of a public domain work available one day, is that a sale? Or is that a a publication? Is that a fellow's book? Right. Would anyone buy it? And so, like most things on the internet, the real meat... Well, in, I'm sorry, in the publishing industry, the for whatever reason, most reporting is a little, like, opinion light, and so you kind of have to go to the comments to really find people saying things, and the comments here are very juicy. Oh yeah, the first one is from someone at NPD Bookscan, which is like the industry sort of, uh, what do you call it? They are the equivalent of Nielsen's television ratings. Oh, yeah. And they used to be owned by Nielsen. For book publishing. Like, they record all relevant um, industry data, and you can subscribe and have that information be publicly available to you to some degree. 
So their data isn't perfect, like it only counts sales from reporting bookstores, it doesn't count sales on Amazon or like gift shops or direct-to-consumer, but it is the data we have, um, and it would also be the data available to the lawyers in this case. Um, so this commenter, she's a lead analyst, um, Kristen McLean from NPD Group, and she's trying to reverse engineer those numbers, and she's not coming up with the same figure. In short, it is not true. Yeah. She did come up with... It is shocking, though. So she looked at sales from, like, all of the biggest publishers, front-list sales, so new books in the last 12 months, and she did find that 15%, which is 6,700 books front list from those publishers sold fewer than 12 copies, which is still a shocking number. Right, right. <laughs> like, and you're like, did somebody miss here in a meeting 16% and here 50%? Oh, maybe someone heard, yeah, 15, 50. That could have been... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's probably it. And then she also says, I think the real story is that roughly 66% of those books from the top 10 publishers sold less than 1,000 copies over 52 weeks. Right. So that's more than half. And that is new books. Yeah. That is front, and this is front list books from what it's like a kind of a weird mishmash. It's like big five publishers plus like five other seemingly random independents, but those are, they're probably in the same category because of their volume. So it's like, but it doesn't, I mean, it didn't include Houghton Mifflin, did it? Um, no. Yeah, so there's other things in there that are complicating this factor. But so, in short, you know, the the publishing numbers are, you know, they're very illuminating because, you know, we can see that, you know, 0.4% of books sell over 100,000 copies. From these big publishers. From, that were published in the past year. You That's know. 163 books. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like... <laughs> You're scratching a lottery like, ticket. Like 0.4% is, you know, I get, does 0.4% sound like more... Or 163 books sound like more. Um, yeah, they're both damning statistics. Mm-hmm. Let's bring them on. Yeah. And yeah, I know, I feel like comparing those numbers to the same data from like 30, 40 years ago would be more telling, but you know, because the real difference is the number of books published in that period of time. But, you know, and that was unfortunately, you know, the, and the real answer here is like, these sales have gone down because as the industry got denser publishers made up for a crowded market by publishing more books just throwing shit at the wall making the industry more crowded further decreasing sales of each book on you know the probable average so it's like the problem is completely self-manufactured, you know, that the only reason this statistic is believable at all is because of that, you know, of the, you know, tens of millions of books in print and the fact that they can't all sell and they can't all get shelf space and they can't all get adequate editorial and sales attention, you know. So why does the statistic matter? Like, um... Like, why would it matter in the trial? Why should it matter to us? Mm, excellent question. So it matters because, A, people really have this doom and gloom mentality of publishing. Like, they really want to make it out that the industry is more broken than it is. Which, you know, I feel like there's plenty of things we could point to in the industry that are broken without, like, making up fake statistics about it. 
Yeah. You know, and so like all things having the more perspective you have, the better decisions you can make because you understand something better. You know, so mm-hmm. and you know there is there's a psychological term for people that like don't want to have information because then it will affect how they view things and how they make decisions. But in reality, you want to have information to make decisions from. I mean, dare I say. That's helpful. And you want to, you know, you want to know what's going on. You want to know what's shifting in your industry. You want to know what makes a success, you know. And it's like, this is not a great place for the industry to be getting increasingly crowded and making things increasingly difficult to sell because you're just increasingly competitive for limited shelf space but on the other hand it would be a very different industry if half the books sold fewer than 12 copies i want i want to see a list of those 6700 books i'm really Mm. curious what are they right would you like guess that they would sell that few or are they data errors or right i mean and yeah i do wonder like how many of them are like canceled isbns or you know things like that right (laughs) where you would just like create that blip and nobody would be surprised but yeah you're or just like weird format things you know so i wonder and then you know this informs you because you know you're you don't have to be a statistic you don't have to overproduce like you want Honestly, so Peter Workman, who in many ways is like one of the more instructive masterminds of the industry, you know, had this method where like if a book wasn't ready to really be a shelf buster, he would just delay the book and he would often do that indefinitely until the book was ready, you know, and I think a lot of times the modern mentality is like to sort of rush things through and if something isn't really ready you just keep moving it along because otherwise it you know clogs up another season and it's just like consuming more energy and effort and um and you know there's like obviously benefit to both sides and both approaches but um largely that you know you you don't want to create clutter in the industry because then you will become one of those 6,700 books. Like, you want to create something that is, like, of lasting interest to readers. That's what I would say is the takeaway. Excellent. Thanks for joining us once again. Please send your questions to podcast at microcosmpublishing.com so we can answer them on future episodes. And please give us five stars on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed. You can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub. On Twitter at microcosm. On Facebook at microcosm publishing. On Instagram at microcosm underscore pub. And here in Portland, Oregon on North Williams Avenue. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week.